a dominating performance by the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. Was it because they played the worst team in the NFL, or was it because they had a better game plan on both sides of the football? We'll talk about it all. Roll the intro. This is the Legal Hands to the Face podcast with Bill Calarulo. All right, guys, Bill Calarulo back with another Legal Hands to the Face podcast. An absolute blowout yesterday. The Eagles beat the Detroit Lions 44-6 on the road in Detroit. The game was never in doubt. In fact, they pulled Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter. What a blowout. A great performance. Now, before we get too excited, the Detroit Lions were 0-7 going into that game, are now 0-8, and are clearly the worst team in the NFL. So how much of it was they played the worst team, and how much was it that these coaches put a better game plan in place? And I think it was a combination of both. What I have been saying on this podcast week after week after week And I know a lot of you guys have been calling the local radio station saying the same thing. The Eagles have to start establishing a running game. They cannot simply drop back every single play, put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hand, and throw the ball. Nick Sirianni came into this game with a different game plan. He was going to establish the run, and he was going to make sure he stuck with the run throughout the entire 60 minutes of that football game. It's crazy to me that it took Miles Sanders being put on IR, your best running back, for you to finally decide you're going to establish the run, but that's what they did. Miles Sanders goes on IR. They bring in Jordan Howard off the practice squad. Boston Scott elevates, really hasn't played that much this year, and those two guys put together an unbelievable performance. Boston Scott averaged over five yards a carry. Jordan Howard averaged over 4.8 yards a carry, and each one of them had two touchdowns, four touchdowns between the two. Just a great performance by those guys. But it was Nick Sirianni's game plan here. He finally, finally had a game plan in place where you could not predict what they were going to do. He was changing up the play calls. Not only were they running the ball to the running backs, they had a couple of nice running plays designed for the wide receivers. Unfortunately, Jalen Rager got hurt on one of them, but a couple of nice end arounds to the wide receivers. He called some screen passes to the running backs, to the tight ends. Dallas Goddard got involved. There were 62 total offensive plays in that game. 39 of them were non quarterback running plays. That accounted for 63% of the play calls yesterday were called rushes to someone other than Jalen Hurts. Going into that game yesterday, throughout the season, the non-quarterback rushing plays were under 30%. So they basically doubled what they usually do. And look at the result. The Eagles racked up over 236 yards on the ground yesterday and put up 44 points. And something that I've been talking about for weeks is you have to win the time of possession battle. Our defense is not good enough to be put on the field against these upper echelon quarterbacks. Now, thankfully, yesterday, Jared Goff, that Detroit Lions offense, is not an upper echelon offense. But when you're going against these better quarterbacks, you have to win the time of possession battle. And by running the football like they did yesterday, that's exactly what happened. The final statistic, the Eagles had the ball for 35 minutes, 
versus the Detroit Lions, 25 minutes. That is a huge disparity in the NFL to have the ball for 10 more minutes. It's going to usually dictate you're winning that football game. I also really liked their red zone offense yesterday and especially their goal-to-go offense, something that they have struggled with in previous weeks. They went four out of five in the red zone, and more importantly, they went four out of four in goal-to-go situations, meaning when they were within the 10-yard line of the Detroit Lions, they scored touchdowns all four times. That is huge. And the other thing we saw yesterday was a more disciplined football team. Only two penalties the entire game, We didn't see any big plays on offense get called back for penalties. We didn't see any touchdowns get called back for penalties. Just an overall great performance by that offense. Great game plan by Nick Sirianni. If you're watching along on Facebook or YouTube, curious to hear your thoughts. Was it the game plan? Was it because they played the dreadful Lions? You know, let me know your thoughts. I think it was a combination. Curious to hear what you guys think. But now let's look at the other side of the football, the defense. After last week's game to the Raiders, Fletcher Cox came out after the game and made some really telling comments that he was not happy with the style of play that this defense plays. And I've talked about it in previous weeks. They are not an aggressive defense. Jonathan Gannon likes to sit back, does not like to blitz, likes to keep his safeties high, likes to keep his corners far off the ball, and doesn't want to get beat with a long play. But what we've seen week after week Quarterbacks just sit there and pick apart the defense and march methodically right down the field for touchdowns. Well, whether it was Fletcher Cox, whether it was me, whether it was everybody complaining, they went into this game with a more aggressive game plan. You saw them blitzing a lot more in this football game. They were blitzing their linebackers. They were blitzing their safeties. And it's important to understand that the blitz, although a lot of people assume is to try to put pressure on the quarterback and cause sacks, There's also running blitzes where you can stop the rush. And that's what they did yesterday very effectively. And for the first time in a long time, they did not give up over 100 yards to the other team on the ground. That's a big deal. They forced Jared Goff to have to throw the football. He's not a very good quarterback. And this defensive line, who we talked about last week, is supposed to be the strength of this team, finally showed up yesterday. Six sacks they had against Jared Goff. And they were just in the backfield causing problems all day long. The safeties played closer to the line of scrimmage. The corners played closer to the line of scrimmage. This is what happens when you play an aggressive style of defense. You put pressure on the quarterback, on those receivers. Your defensive line can really get after it. It was great to see Josh Sweat, two sacks yesterday. The rookie who we've been really high on from preseason, Milton Williams, he has a sack yesterday. Hassan Ridgeway has a sack yesterday. Derek Barnett, finally, thank you, Derek Barnett. He gets a sack yesterday. And Teron Jackson gets a sack yesterday. So what I really love to see is not only did they have six sacks, everybody who had a sack was not named Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave. So you saw your other players really step up and make a difference in this game. And I thought one of the things that was pretty telling, I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, the game was not out of reach at this point. It's fourth and inches, 10-0, still in the first half. And Detroit is going to go for it on fourth and inches. And the two defensive tackles that are in the game on that big fourth down play that turned out to be a huge momentum swing were not Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. They had Milton Williams and Hassan Ridgeway in the game. 
And they delivered. Those two guys made a big stop. Eagles turned the ball over on downs, and it turns the momentum. But it was interesting to see the Eagles trusted those guys enough in a big, big spot like that to have them on the field. So pretty, pretty cool to see. You know, another thing you saw yesterday, which was a kind of surprise going into the game, Eric Wilson, who was their big free agent acquisition for linebacker, a healthy scratch yesterday. You know, we've talked about in the past, the linebackers are not playing well enough. Well, clearly they made a change. What that meant with Eric Wilson having to sit on the bench, TJ Edwards got a lot more plays. Uh, Taylor got a lot more plays. Singleton didn't play as much yesterday either. So the Eagles are starting to take notice that these linebackers need to play better. They did play better yesterday with TJ Edwards and Taylor and Singleton when, when he was in the game. Again, how much of that is that they played the dreadful Lions and how much was you know the change in scheme? I do think they need to stay aggressive. They have to keep putting pressure on these quarterbacks, force them to make mistakes. What happens yesterday? Big fumble by Avante Maddox, picked up by big play Slay, taken all the way for a touchdown. That's what we want to see. That is the way you play defense in the NFL, and especially in this city. Philadelphia loves an aggressive defense. Bring us back to the days of Buddy Ryan and Jimmy Johnson. You know, those are the guys that we want calling these defenses. So, you know, we will see. Curious to hear your guys' thoughts again. Did you like this defensive scheme? Do you want to see them continue to be aggressive? Or do you want to see them go back to that, hey, let's stay off the line of scrimmage. Let's let these guys pick us apart and not blitz and not cause turnovers. I think I know what your answer is going to be, but let me know. So after that big performance, the Eagles increased their record to 3-5. and five. Still a lot of season left. Remember, it's a 17-game season this year. So there's not even, they're not even halfway through the season. And we got the Los Angeles Chargers, not the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers come into town. The Chargers, they're a good team, not a great team, not a bad team, but they are a good team. They're four and three. They have lost two games in a row. They're in a tough division. They're in a, the AFC is tough, but they are four and three with two straight losses. If Nick Sirianni is listening, and, and hopefully he is, and hopefully he's watching the tape from last week and realizing you have to run the football, listen to this, Nick. The Los Angeles Chargers are the worst team in the NFL for opponents' average yards per rush. Okay? They are giving up 5.1 yards a carry. That is the worst in the NFL. They give up the most yards per carry in the NFL. They're not a bad defense when it comes to defending against the pass. That defensive line can get after the quarterback if you're going to drop back and you're going to just put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hand time and time again. Please run the football. This team is giving up a lot of yardage on the ground. Although they're worst in the NFL when it comes to yards per carry, they're in the top seven in yards per pass attempt. So this isn't rocket science. They stink against, the run, stink against the run. They're pretty good against the pass. So what does that mean we should probably do next week? Run the football. Please. And you saw what it does for Jalen Hurts. You know, Jalen Hurts is still only 12 starts into his NFL career. You can't give him the ball over 85% of the time and expect him to be able to carry this team week after week. You got to give him some help. And that's what they did yesterday. I pray that they do it against this Los Angeles Chargers team. Keep the other team guessing. 
you saw how effective Jalen Hurts was too when it wasn't just him running the football. When you put the ball in the hands of the running backs and the receivers on rushes 63% of the time, it allowed Jalen Hurts, he only had seven carries, but he averaged over 10 yards a carry. Jalen Hurts had 70 yards yesterday against the Detroit Lions on seven carries because they couldn't just pinpoint him. They couldn't just stay on Jalen Hurts and say, we're just going to spy him all day long because he's all they're utilizing on this offense. No, you kept them guessing, do it against the Chargers, run the football. You know, hopefully Jordan Howard after the week he had, he's going to stay active. You know, we know Miles Sanders is on IR. He's out at least three weeks. So you're probably going to go into this game again, same running backs, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, and Kenny Gainwell. You know, Gainwell, only averaged about two yards a carry for some reason yesterday. You know, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard were able to pick up close to five yards a carry each, but for whatever reason, Kenny Gainwell only two yards. Not worried about him. I still think he's a great young player. So you go into this game with those three running backs, really lean on them, and let's hope that they can duplicate the same thing they were able to do against this dreadful Lions team. And if I have to make a prediction, I think this game is going to change Nick Sirianni. I really, really do. I like this guy. I've said it from the beginning. I like Nick Sirianni. He seems like he's a good guy. Yes, he's got these weird things he says. You know, this week he talked to the team about how they're a flower, and when you're watering a flower, you can't see it, but the roots have to grow underground. A little bit of a strange thing to talk to an NFL football team about, but hey, maybe it worked. Team came out and they played for him. They're still playing for this guy. And I don't think that he's a stubborn guy who's going to say to himself, it's my way or no way. I'm hoping a game like this, where they absolutely dominate the other team, put up 44 points, and you're running the ball over 60% of the time, makes him realize, hey, maybe I need to change. And I think he will. I think they're going to go in to this game against the Los Angeles Chargers. I think they're going to establish the run again. I think you're going to see Jalen Hurts, because of that, play another very efficient game, no turnovers, a more disciplined team, and hopefully they come out of that game with a win, increase their record to four and five, and the, the schedule does get easier. You know, Maybe they can start stringing some wins together, and, and they're going to have to because as we look around the NFL, especially the NFC East, man, the Dallas Cowboys, they played on Sunday night football last night against the Minnesota Vikings. I had this chalked up as a loss for them the moment it was announced that Dak Prescott was not going to play in that game. They had Cooper Rush, who's never started an NFL game in his career, play last night against the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. You would have thought this would have been a loss for Dallas. They pull it out at the end. You know, I hate the Cowboys. Let's get that out of the way. Hate the Cowboys, just like all of you. But it was nice to see a young quarterback, Cooper Rush. His, you know, his parents are there in the crowd. He drives them down, puts, scores the game-winning touchdown on a pass to Amari Cooper with only 56 seconds left. You know, If you're a football fan, that's great to see. You just hated that it was for the Cowboys. But now the Cowboys increased their record to 6-1. and one. And looking at their schedule the rest of the way, I mean, it's hard to find any more than maybe five losses left for them. I mean, they're going to probably finish at worst 11-6. and six. Remember, 17-game season this year. So they're probably going to finish at worst 11-6. and six. Eagles already 3-5. and five. You know, probably impossible for the Eagles to go 8-1 and one the rest of the way here. But, you know, so Dallas probably is going to win the NFC East. You know, whether the Eagles can make any noise in the wild card race, we'll see. 
but I don't have any crazy visions they're going to make the playoffs. I just want to see them start playing some better football so we could really start to see what do we have in this team? You know, is Jalen Hurts the guy or not? You know, is Nick Sirianni capable of being an NFL coach? You know, we still got more than half of a season to figure all that out. And it's going to be important. Because now let's turn to our Wentz watch and our Dolphins watch. Remember, not only do we get the Colts pick, we also get the Dolphins pick. So let's look at Carson Wentz. Man, I'm so happy he's not here anymore. If you watched that game yesterday, my goodness. So first of all, let's get this out of the way, the good news. He plays 100% of the snaps, and they lose that game, dropping their record to 3-5. and five. The same as the Philadelphia Eagles. He is still on pace to play more than 75% of the snaps, which is what we need if they don't make the playoffs, and we get the Colts' first-round pick. But if you watched that game yesterday, typical Carson. Typical Carson. Two stupid plays at the end of that game that lose the game for the Colts. No one else to blame but Carson Wentz in that game. There's a minute and 30 seconds left. The game is tied. They are in their own zone, It's first down and 10. The Titans put pressure on Wentz. Instead of just throwing the ball away, he does what he always does. He tries to make a play. He literally puts the ball in his left hand. Now, he's right-handed. Puts the ball in his left hand and tries to throw it to his running back. It gets intercepted by the Titans. They take it in for a touchdown. Stupid play. It's first down. You're in your own zone in a tie game. Throw it away. Live to play another down. But Wentz never did that. Now, to Wentz's credit, they get the ball back, they drive down, they tie up the game, and now it goes to overtime. But what does Wentz do in overtime? Again, on first down, he decides to throw the ball into triple coverage, and it gets intercepted by the Tennessee Titans. They go on to kick a field goal and win the game. The same stupid plays from Carson Wentz. And then what was even worse, I really am starting to hate his face. (laughs) I really am starting to hate his face. But after the game, he's up there in his press conference. The same things we heard all of last year. Yeah, it was a terrible play by me. I got to do better. That's on me. How many times are you going to keep saying you got to do better? Eventually, this is just who you are, Carson. And I'm happy you are not here. So the Colts drop to three and five. Wentz plays 100% of the snaps. That first round pick right now would be a top 10 draft pick the Eagles would be getting. And then turning to our Dolphins watch, man, the Dolphins lose again, falling to 1-7. and And remember, the Eagles get the Dolphins pick because in last year's draft, the Eagles were at number 6. They traded their number 6 pick to the Dolphins, dropping down to 12, and they got the Dolphins next year. So this upcoming draft's first round pick so that the Dolphins can jump up, and they drafted Jalen Waddell, the wide receiver. Eagles still were able to get Devontae Smith, and if you look at those stats between Waddell and Smith, they're pretty close. They both have over 400 yards receiving this year, so for the Eagles to pick up the Dolphins' first-round draft pick for that trade was a steal. We get on Howie Roseman a lot, but you got to give him credit for that draft pick. Right now, if the season was to end today, that would be a number three pick. So the Eagles, their own draft pick is a number eight pick. So if the season ended today, the Eagles would have the three, eight, and nine picks in the first round of the 2022 draft. Three picks in the top 10. 
Now, we will see what happens. I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Do you think Howie Roseman, after what we've seen over the last few years, should he be in charge of that draft? Because this draft, if you have three first-round picks in the top 10, this draft can completely change the course of your franchise for the next five to seven years. If you hit on those three picks, man, what the future can be. And if you miss... We know how bad the future can be. Should Howie Roseman be in charge of that draft? Curious to hear what you guys think. But in other good news in the city of Philadelphia, so a good weekend for the Eagles. We raise our record to 3-5. and five. Looking at our other teams, Sixers, 4-2. and two. They look pretty good. Obviously, the Ben Simmons drama that's going on, but you can get excited about this Sixers team. You know, hopefully they can continue to play well. Maybe a market's created for Ben Simmons. We get another superstar before the trade deadline. That's a while away. And then we can make some noise in the playoffs. But I'm excited about the Sixers. I really like the young talent. I really like the nucleus of that team. Tobias Harris is playing very, very well. You know, Joel is Joel. He's an absolute stud. And then going to the ice, my fly guys, the Philadelphia Flyers. Man, they look good. Lost their last game. It was the end of a Western road trip. Finished that road trip 2-1, and one, still a success. They beat the Edmonton Oilers, who were undefeated, raising the Flyers' record to 4-2-1. and one. So the Sixers and the Flyers, you can get excited about these guys. You know, It's hard sometimes during Eagle season to focus on these other sports, but trust me, you may want to start watching. The Sixers and the Flyers are going to make some noise this year. They're really, really exciting, and this Flyers team brought in a lot of new talent. A lot of new talent. They're a different team. They're fun to watch. They score a lot of goals. They're fast. You know, they're aggressive. They got some guys who can fight on this team. It's an exciting team to watch. So curious to hear your guys' thoughts on that as well. So all in all, great weekend. Man, it feels good to finally have a positive podcast with you guys. It feels like it's been negative week after week after week. But we're happy. I'm excited. Let's hope Nick Sirianni does exactly what they did against the Lions and runs the football against the Chargers. And when we talk next week, we're talking about another big win. And if you're not following along yet, what are you waiting for? We're on all your favorite podcast platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. So be sure, like, subscribe, follow, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Go Birds!